we're all ready hello everybody it's another thursday night and it's sidoni from christian women in the uk ngum from christian women in the uk and giselle from both christian women in the uk and um pearls of grace ministries and um we have just well not just a few hours ago been made aware of the passing of queen elizabeth ii our longest serving or reigning monarch in the uk um and we thought it'd be a good idea at this point to because i think a lot of us will be um, reflecting on her life of service um we will be reflecting on um her walk of faith and sometimes she did that very openly um and we thought it would be a good idea for us as well to just reflect on our own mortality and the questions that maybe might be running through our minds at, at such a time as this. And um, I think let's sort of start with service, because I think that's the word that's being used to describe her at the moment, that she lived a life of service. Um, and in the Christian faith, we are called to live a life of service. Jesus himself um, was a servant king. Um, you know, he's, he told us, and he told the disciples that if any one of you wants to be the greatest, first you must serve. Um, and Jesus himself washed his disciples' feet. They, you know, I mean, let's start with these out. When, when we hear of service in terms of, of the Christian faith, what does that make you think of? Because, you know, our, our, um, our religion of Christianity is very much a, you know, love love god but also love your neighbor mm -hmm. um so it's you know it's horizontal and vertical at the same time mm -hmm. um so when you hear of a life of service in the christian walk what does that make you think of i automatically think of something someone that really has devoted their life to uh the work of god like maybe mm -hmm. a priest in a monastery Mm. a woman in a nunnery mm. um, anything like that now to me that is that selfless service to God mm. Mm. but then uh, you don't have to even to go to those extremes because you do have loads of missionaries who work in the secular job and mm. many times a year they go off to mission fields and the greatest mission fields in your own doorstep mm. And then you've got loads of people who just devote their time to their actual church where they've gone to since they were a baby, baby and mm. that's where they go till they die. And they do, you know, they clean the, 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 the sanctuary, they arrange the flowers, they, mm -hmm. they do everything. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, service to, in my faith is really praying every day to be in the will of God. Mm -hmm. Mm. I think that's the greatest service and showing mm. my love uh, that Christ has for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's, if, if we think of service, Jesus, Jesus was the ultimate servant. And because he submitted himself to God's authority, he came, he chose to come and die for us. So, you know, we have this idea of service being a voluntary thing. It's not something that we are, 
to do so you don't do it with love um and so you know i know you you're a nurse so you know you live you, you work in a life of service <laughs> um, but um, perhaps for people that are not in a profession like yours oh i'm sorry you're freezing so i don't think i put the service as sorry sidonia i missed the question you're frozen or maybe when you're out of work am i back yeah i think i can hear you now do you mind just repeating the question i couldn't yeah. hear you no i was just saying you know service i know i know you're a nurse and so mm -hmm. you know service for you might be an everyday thing because that's that's your profession um, yeah. <laughs> but perhaps for somebody who's not a nurse or who's not in that line of profession how would you encourage them to serve others in their everyday life what 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 can service look like um, in your opinion anyway in their everyday life i mean oh my goodness as long as you interact with people that's mm -hmm. service really you know and I think there's always this notion of almost like nurses are saints or something. Oh, you are. <laughs> I, have I have to laugh because I don't see it like that at all. I don't see what I do as any different from, I don't know, a musician going on a stage and playing their music. To mm -hmm. me, it's my job. Yes, fair enough. It involves people. And because mm -hmm. I like people, I, you know, I, I don't just want to see you as a number. Because it's mm -hmm. easy to do that, you know, see somebody as a number and just keep mm -hmm. on moving. Even in those professions that people think are quote and unquote holy, that can mm. happen. So, mm. but it's the same thing. It's like, um, and I'm deliberately moving away from nursing because I think people have certain stereotypes about certain jobs. You can be of mm. service to people in any way. So let's take even music. You hear about musicians who turn up for a concert, right? And maybe the gig isn't as full as they, they thought it would be. And they would play for 20 people the way they would have played for a full hall. To me, mm. that's service. And that's service, right. Ultimately, service is really about respect. I think it's about valuing people. You can't serve people if you don't value them. So mm. whether you're a banker in the city of London, yes, and I know mm. they get a terrible reputation, but again, you know, there are bankers out there who are nice people, guys. <laughs> They're nice bankers. bankers. <laughs> yeah, there are bankers who genuinely want to help a company make money want to mm -hmm. help individual make money. So that's a service, you know. Mm -hmm. Your landlord is doing a service to you. You know, I happen mm -hmm. to have a landlord and before mm -hmm. I say anything, he's come and fix stuff. So that is service. So the little things that we often don't think, you know, as long as you're interacting with people, mm -hmm. opportunity to be of service, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's a good idea, actually, because... Yeah. You know, when I think of service, I think it's it's maybe using your God-given talents and abilities for the mm. benefits of others. When exactly. I, when I think of, you know, and the things that, the, the, the gifts and talents that God has placed in each, everyone, each and every single one of us that are unique to us. Mm. And so when we use those talents to, um, without thinking what's in it for me, just purely to benefit somebody else, um, then that's an act of service so you know in, and when when we reflect on, on the life of the queen and you know the, the word is being thrown around service you know it does appear that she lived a life um which is i suppose you know one could argue that was her job and that was her life mm. 
but she took it quite seriously. And so um, in the Christian faith, we take service to one another quite seriously. Jesus instructs us to love our neighbours as ourselves. Um, you know, and he says that's the second greatest commandment. And the only one that's above that is love God, love the Lord your God um, with all your heart and with all your might and with all your soul and all your strength and everything you've got in every single fibre of your being. But the second commandment after that is to love your neighbour as yourself. Um, and, and service it's an act of love mm. um and so that's that's quite an interesting way of, of of thinking about it from the christian faith but when we talk about faith which is another thing that you know i think certainly christians um or christian organizations would be highlighting about the queen at the moment the fact that she was a self um professed christian or self-confessed christian she tried as much as she could um during her messages at Christmas time or New Year to include references there to, you know, of, of love and hope and faith um, without obviously alienating other people in the country or other religions in the country. But when we think about our own personal walk of faith, um, you know, what, what would encourage us? Because it's, it's hard in, in the world that we are today, you know, like she probably found it hard to express our walk of faith and um, what are some of the challenges that we face and and or maybe what are your top two biggest challenges that you think we face and how can we overcome them um let's let's start with you Giselle because obviously you're a pastor so you probably face a lot more resistance than we do <laughs> but when, when you talk about the Christian faith and your walk with faith and serving others and encouraging others to follow you in the Christian faith or sharing your faith with others what are some of the top two um, challenges that you would say that you face and how do you overcome them? Top two challenges really is first one, getting people to listen to take you seriously. Right. Uh, second one, how to overcome them. Push on, push on, push on and push on. Mm. Um, it really is hard What I find around here is that I've, t I've told you this before, ladies, that when you start evangelizing people around here, their attitude is they were christened when they were babies. So they're mm. OK. Right. And it's like really is it's like beating your head up a brick wall, trying to make them realize that they're not OK, that as adults, they have to make that decision for Christ. So when usually now when people say to me that, you oh, but I was christened as a baby. What age was that? Six months. I said, oh, it's six months old. You were able to make a decision. You wanted to follow Christ. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got you got to treat you. Know, anyway, no, I'll, mm. I'll, not, I'll not say too much. Um, so the way the, the church over the hundreds of years have been christening infants and then bringing people up in some uh, denominations making them believe that they're okay. That's wrong. That, mm -hmm. that, that really is wrong. And I'm not saying the Queen didn't receive Jesus as Lord and Savior mm -hmm. for her life, mm -hmm. but being brought up in Church of England, mm -hmm. and I doubt it. I, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know, because we, we, we all know the uh, 
the teachings of the Church of England. Mm. Um, but I know I, I, I digress from the question, really. I'm sorry. Mm. That's okay. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Um, what challenges do you sort of face in, A, your own walk of faith, but also sharing that walk with other people? And how do you overcome some of those challenges? Oh, my goodness. And the challenges in my walk of faith. <laughs> Yeah, there are many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. give us your top two. Um, give us your top two. It's yeah. just you know, it's a, it's a really, it's hard. Can I put it? You know, it's like um, Giselle was saying, right? You grow up. I was raised in the Catholic Church, so you know, I kind of thought I had this whole God business figured out. You know, I I knew that I was doing all right, and you know, so I did not really feel that I I needed to hear anything from any Christian. I think. You know, I was one of those who thought, all oh, these Christians are pretty arrogant. You think you're better than everybody else, you know, get away from my face kind of thing. Mm. I mean, I would never be rude to people, but if they mm. tried to evangelize me on the street, I was just like, I'm not hearing this. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so for me, it was, you know, but I, I think for me, it's just kind of that crossover because I had a very, very, on a syllable encounter with God that made me know that I definitely mm. need him. Mm. So it's it's sometimes just the surrealness of that whole situation. It's like looking at my life before and my life now, like, wow, you know, mm. and I really like this life now. It's so peaceful. So I think for me, it's just more that mental adjustment. But mm. I think it, it just wasn't me alone, right? Because even people who knew me, <laughs> I still <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like some people are too shocked to even mm. say anything. A few friends have obviously been like people who really know me very well, you know, kind of said, okay, what's going on? What's this change? So, but I think for other people, it's just like, whoa, you know, we don't trust her yet. <laughs> so, but I feel like um then it's 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 like me now dealing with people who had my kind of attitude, right? So mm-hmm. I don't I don't walk up to people on the street and try to evangelize, you know, which is I haven't got to that stage yet. Not yet. <laughs> but Not yet. I think I, I share <laughs> a lot on social media. So I will put things that I think are helpful to people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in general, I tend not to get comments, but there will be the odd kind of sarcastic comment, you know. I mean, somebody mm-hmm. approached me before and was you know like plain sarcastic to me like like almost like what's the deal here and so things like that you're human you kind of feel like man what's this you know but at the end of the mm. day um I, I don't let it get to me if I have something to say because I remember somebody saying look if you don't say what you should say I don't even know if it was a Christian could because you're worried about what people will say think about how much the person who needs to hear what you have to say would have lost so I think mm-hmm. my eyes are fixed more on the people who need that message because I'm very aware that not everybody will receive my message. Mm-hmm. And it really happened in a very interesting way. I think sometimes God teaches you these things where somebody posted something on Facebook about dreams. And I went there trying to talk to this person and it ended up being this debate, which I didn't want it to be. And the person that I was trying to t- talk to, obviously they were resistant. But then somebody else was really being ministered to by that. And so she came right. into my inbox like, oh my goodness, thank you for what you said. It's really clarified things for me. Mm. So sometimes the people that you think you're trying to talk to are not even the, not one the ones who that are, are there that to receive that message. That to me is, 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 is a big encouragement. And also I remember going to a teaching where 
somebody said a lot of evangelism is spiritual warfare, which I hope we'll get to at some point. So there are people who maybe you don't even need to go and stand there and be talking to them. You just pray for them to be in that frame of mind. It may or may not be you that mm. um, eventually leads them to the Lord. So for me, I really like to grow in my role as an intercessor because for me, it's like, I would just like to see the Lord break that whatever it is that's standing in the way of that person receiving the message because it really is. I don't know about other people, but it to me, if the Holy Spirit is not in need, you can look. People, as I saw people preach, I knew the Bible quotes. They are just words. Until the Holy Spirit lives in them. Yeah. If somebody's spirit is not ready to receive it. I was one of those who had Christian friends, right? I got along with Christian friends. And it was just like, let's talk about everything else. But on this religion thing, you believe your own, I believe mine. So Mm. if it was, you know, a question of access to Christians, I had it. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's the holy spirit that makes a difference that makes a difference that's interesting that's interesting i mean personally i i think for me it's been um i find i i, I we talk the talk as christians but but very often i find a disconnect between the life we live and the talk we talk um and so personally for me my area of of struggles would probably come from from you know walking the talk um because i'm very aware that people will they'll hear what you have to say like you're saying you know people will hear you people will sometimes give you the air you know the time of the day even if they don't necessarily accept what you're saying to be true but sometimes out of polite courtesy they will hear you out but they're very 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 quickly watching how you're living and if you're living what you're preaching yep and sometimes I find that Christians, and, and we are all sinful, and we're, you know, we're sinful um, men with sinful hearts and sinful natures. So we're all, you know, bound to sin. But I find that sometimes there's a complete disconnect between what we're asking people to believe in this God that we, we believe in, this almighty God that we believe in, and how we're living our lives. We don't live our lives to reflect his glory in us. Um, and so I think, you know, sometimes for the believer, um, that's a big challenge to to live the life um, that's faithful to God and, and to whose glory you're supposed to be living for. Um, I find that's a really hard one because often non-Christians are looking in going, oh, yeah, but I thought you said I shouldn't do that. How come you're doing it? (laughs) And it sounds so petty and so petulant. But people really do observe our actions. But they do because the reason why they do that is because Christians claim to have this higher way, right? Mm -hmm. So if if you say that your way is higher and better, then if you're not living it, it sounds like you don't really believe what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. What 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 amazed me what what amazes me too is and what what amazed me and what saddened me and what hurt me, dear lady that we all know, mm. uh, is in a real sort of state of turmoil. Mm. Uh, that her vicar and mm. the curate, the female curate, have run mm-hmm. off together. Oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. No, he didn't display his Christian faith. He didn't walk mm. walk. Um the, the the lady that was telling me telling me about it uh was saying that only 
a few weeks prior to this all happening, he was saying that he believed that marriage was between one man and one woman. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. the sort of thing I, you know, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that. That's hard, isn't it? And and we have got to guard against that. And I think that's sort of one of the things that we need to, in our walk of faith, we need to um, walk the talk, not just talk the talk. We've got to, you know, walk what we're preaching and have that work out in our lives and see and let people see that working out in our lives. Because there are often as well, you know, the way you live your life is a ministry. There are people that will be looking and will come to faith because of the, the way you live your life. Yes, true, true. And but you need something... No, go ahead, sorry. No, go on, go on. I think also, from what Giselle was saying, I think Christians just have to be, because we have this fallen nature, right? And we know that, yes, when you come to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit, and then what the Holy Spirit gives you is the ability to triumph over sin. We don't always mm. get it right. And I feel like mm. sometimes that is the one thing that Christians have to acknowledge, that, look, this is my faith. This is the ideal that I hold my life up to. But sometimes I mm. fall, and it's okay to acknowledge that you have fallen but then you don't stay mm. down you get up you keep on moving you mm. you find yourself around people who can be mm. accountability partners for you because mm. i think one of the things that really irks non-christians is the hypocrisy that can sometimes come from christianity you know mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. the catholic church is the one that has the sort of open case but we know that this is not unique to the catholic church how long did mm. it take the catholic church to acknowledge the years of sexual abuse, especially of children, that happened. Mm. You know, there were so many layers and layers of cover-up cases that we're still dealing with today in countries like Ireland. And these mm. are the ones that we know. Let's not even mm. talk about cases like Africa, where we're not even talking about it. But this is one denomination. This is by no means unique to the Catholic Church. Even some of mm. our new mm -hmm. movements, you'll be amazed at how people at what goes on. defend mm -hmm. abuse, right? People would defend sexual abuse. People would defend financial abuse. People, just because they are pastor, whom they, they look at. You know, I used to joke before I became converted to like real conversion that <laughs> some, some Christians, if you put Christ and you put their pastor, they'll pick their pastor. That was my joke. And I thought it was genius. But you know what? To an extent, it's true. Because what's mm. in some circles is really idolatry. So you're trying mm. to take somebody that looks a pastor has touched a young girl inappropriately. This is not right. But mm. people in the church will be coming up with all kinds of excuses. So what's that about? So imagine me, an atheist or somebody who's an agnostic, you know, I'm going and play my football on Sunday morning. You really want to tell me to leave the things that I enjoy to come to that? Mm. This is what people don't mm. understand when you go around speaking fire and brimstone evangelism to people. Sometimes, like you mm. said to me, if your character, if you're preaching people do as I say and not as I do, it really doesn't work. Mm, mm. And it hurts. It hurts the church. It hurts your. It hurts the victims. It should hurt. It, it hurts should, the church. It should hurt our feelings, right? And that's just, mm. God is not even hearing that because mm. I love the book of Ezekiel very much because in the book of Ezekiel, when God was trying, was reprimanding Israel, God started mm. with the temple. It That's is. one of the things I love about that book. So let's not think as Christians that God is going to be lenient on us. Because I think some people feel mm. like once I'm saved, that's it. God will just yes. look at my feet. Yes. No. That feeling, but isn't that? There's that notion. That's... The church. Mm. 
and he is he is going to hold us because we know better well at least we should know better um we should be held to a higher account because we know better um and and his grace is there and his grace is sufficient and he does tell us that but it doesn't mean we should abuse the grace you know it doesn't mean that we should keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect the grace to cover it um you know but that's a topic for another day which i'm sure we have in the pipeline for you at some point but it's just interesting to see this you know this this discussion about our walk and and how that can either repel people from the cross or draw people to the cross um and i think there's a certain the christian certainly to my mind needs a huge amount of humility and you can only get <clears throat> pardon me that humility when you were when you are very aware that there's nothing you could have done to earn your own salvation um because i think sometimes some christians come across like you know they're they're higher than you yep. <laughs> those laughing oh, yeah. yep. 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 started <laughs> <laughs> and Car- on, and Carlos has said that as well. Carlos said, I, 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 yeah, I brought him up to date. I said you were uh, talking about Queen Elizabeth and um, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember. What oh, thank you. That's kind of you. But, but, but anyway, Carlos says, uh, don't get me started. And then he said, <laughs> said many people will judge us how we live, but we should carry mm-hmm. on and do our father's business. And that's absolutely yeah. true. Absolutely, exactly, exactly. But the ability, and here's where I think some Christians fail: the ability to to humbly acknowledge that we are sinful. Yeah. Because I Mm -hmm. think a lot of Christians put themselves on the pedestal. Yep. And there's (laughs) certain kinds of sin that they think is beneath them. And, and 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 we kind of stratify sin, don't we? In our mind, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, I would I would never commit adultery. Like, oh, I wouldn't be caught doing that. Then two months later, <laughs> Jesus says, "I'm only gonna look." <laughs> because you were the one bragging that you look. As yeah. long as you're in nature, you can fall victim to any sin. That's yeah, the truth. Exactly. But, but the thing is, to their minds, they're above the sin of adultery. But Jesus right. said, you only even got to look. You haven't got to do the act. All you're going to look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're only going to look. You in, check out you know, some woman's husband and you've committed adultery. You know? Yeah. You know, and, 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 yeah. And so there's that. There's, we've got to be able to acknowledge the fact to non-Christians, I think, which, you know, I'm very aware of. And, and you know, I say to non-Christians, I haven't got this figured out. I say to non-Christians, I'm working on it. I say to non-Christians, look, there's nothing I can do to to earn my salvation, to earn my place in heaven. I say to to non-Christians, I am just like you. I am exactly as sinful as you are. The only difference between me and you is I know the price has been paid for my sins already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I don't put myself at any pedestal, and I feel like as Christians, if we approach this this evangelism <laughs> business with this kind of humility, and you know, I'm I'm, I'm as sinful as you, it will help. And you know, Sidonie, you were talking about it would. 
even you know the sort of the thing about stratification and i mean i don't go to any churches like this well i go to one church anyway but you hear these stories i mean i remember sidonia and i talking about something like tongues right where people mm-hmm. will feel that you're not holy enough if you don't speak yes. in or, you don't speak in you know, say yeah you're, you're not a christian like you're what? like nine hours like dude okay it's fine i would love to be able to pray for 24 hours non-stop i'm not gonna lie but mm. it shouldn't be how can i put it right sometimes christians can become very it doesn't make you any holier than me it doesn't mean no. you're yeah, gonna get the, the front seat like, in no, heaven it doesn't you know even God, some days it's probably like look i don't want this your big english just tell me how you're feeling <laughs> you know <laughs> i believe that sometimes mm. we need the essence it's it's very easy to become works driven sometimes yeah. you know mm. and i think people miss that like oh i fast for 50 days non-stop or whatever we really need to be very careful with those mm. things mm. i just mm. when i talk about this i just don't like the sort of hierarchical cultures that we create sometimes in that like we, we do much, sometimes right you call the world the world but if you really look at it you're not that different you know you have your no. in church you have your the, the pastor the or pride is there almost like a you know? god like how mm. different are you from somebody who goes to their beyonce or whatever concert it's the same thing mm. you know your own mm. unquote, idols are just just happen to be christian so we have yes. to be very careful how we follow yes. pastors prophets or whatever always know that whatever these people are doing it's really the spirit of god that and it them. seems to me certainly yeah. over the ages that you know some of the most impactful um preachers that we've had have been humble people oh have lord people i no mean even if you look at paul paul says he's the greatest he's the chief sinner of of, of all yeah. you know pe- people that are willing to acknowledge themselves and say come along with me brother because you are my brother because in in nature we are the same in yeah. nature we are sinful in nature we are fallen but what what i've got over you is that i believe that jesus came to die for me and mm-hmm. i believe that he rose again on the third day and went into heaven and he's preparing a place for me and that's the chief difference between me and you exactly. brother but in every other single way we are the same we will fall at temptation we mm-hmm. are sinful i might not mm-hmm. fall as easily as you do to temptation because the holy spirit's got my back but take mm-hmm. that away but I'm exactly the same as you. Take well, that so away. I'm tripping. <laughs> yep. Even some secular people sometimes have more discipline than Christians. I'm sorry to say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, know, they, they, they do. Yeah. Yeah. There are times when, even in terms of, you know, even if you don't believe in God, you have a moral code, right? Because mm-hmm. I believe even morality is an act of divine mercy. Even though mm-hmm. people who don't believe in God would not agree with me. But I really believe that is that thing where God allows his reign to fall on both the believers and, and otherwise. Imagine a world without any morality, we'll all be dead. So mm. I believe that, I mean, I always say that one of the nicest people I've ever come across in my life is an atheist. So mm. you can't, there are times when, and many Christians may not want to hear this, but there are times when we can really take examples from non-Christians. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. She says it's clapping and hollering. One of my favorite leaders in the workplace. I don't know his face, but I'll always say that I have never met somebody with a stronger sense of of uh, um, fairness than this guy. He was so passionate about you know when they say love one another. I don't even know if he believed in God, but he was really doing it. This was a doctor. 
people during you know when these harsh immigration laws began to had just come in the UK a few years ago, he literally gathered his group of junior doctors that were working with him and said, "Look, our Hippocratic oath tells us to save lives first. We are not immigration officers. I don't care the status of a patient. If they come here, you treat them first. Let the government worry about their immigration status." That was the mm. kind, of thing. and it wasn't just that the way he treated. You know, you talk about service. This was mm-hmm. a real servant leader. In a meeting, he did not care how junior you were. He believed in everybody having a voice. You know, mm-hmm. and kind of cool hippie guys, tattoos everywhere. So you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he yeah. doesn't believe. I don't know yeah, exactly. what exactly whatever was guiding him was a very good thing in that sense. Mm. So I believe mm. that sometimes don't just dismiss somebody because they're not a Christian. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can learn from anybody about how to treat people with respect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, and, and with the Queen dying, just going back to the Queen, this kind of poses the question of where do we go to when we die? And uh, I know a lot of people will be thinking about this. A lot of people will be thinking, is there life after death? Are we coming back reincarnated? Um, you know, am I coming back as a dog or a cat or a grandwoman, a grandmother or, or, or something? Or is this the end? Is there just a blackness after we die and we just go into oblivion? Um, and, and these are questions that people will be, because she lived her life so publicly that people knew every single detail of her life to a certain extent. You know, they knew what time she had her babies. They knew, you know, it was all out there and she's a public figure. So I think her, her death will will force people who perhaps felt like they, they were close to her by proxy um, to think about their own mortality. So, you know, she's as, as a pastor. And if somebody's thinking about this, who's perhaps a Christian or a new Christian or isn't even a Christian. And, and, and the Queen's death has just got them thinking about life after death. What would you say to that person right now um, about, you know, where we go when we die? Go on. I give you the mandate to just rip open. <laughs> I can see you're trying to hold back, but go on. I am. I'm, try- I'm really trying to choose my words here very selectively. Um, right. What I would say is there's been loads of times, and even just the other day in work, speaking with a lady, mm. And she said something and I said, are you a believer? And she said, oh, yes. And I then went on to say that isn't it absolutely wonderful that as believers, born again believers, that when we pass away, we're going to go to heaven, we're going to go to live on. And she says, Mm. well, I hope I will be. And I said, Mm. well, why do you need hope? Do you not know for sure? She says, no, I don't know for sure. So I gave her one of my cards and I told her, you need to come talk Mm. with me. Mm. you need to know for sure you really need to Mm. know for sure and our security our knowledge of knowing that we're going to spend eternity in heaven is in christ Mm -hmm. so if someone said how do i know for sure giselle i'm really struggling with this i'm either new to faith or i've come over from another denomination that perhaps didn't explain it clearly to me how can i know for sure that I will be in heaven because obviously heaven's painted as this lovely, glorious place. And Jesus himself says, you know, in my father's rooms, in my father's house, there are many rooms, yep. you know, and, and, and if we just take that 
oh god the, the mansion must be just unimaginable but if we just if, if someone's listening to this and and they just think you know what? i just want a room in that house mm-hmm. how can i make sure that i can inherit a room in that house how can i be certain what would you say to them giselle I would lead them in. Now, a lot of people are going to sleep with me this because there is not such mm-hmm. a thing as a sinner's prayer. There's not. Mm-hmm. But we are told in the scriptures that to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, to confess mm-hmm. with your mouth that you believe that he died for you and on the third day rose again. Now, mm-hmm. if that's not saying a prayer, I don't know what is. So mm-hmm. I would explain that to people and guide them in those few simple words to make sure that they mm-hmm. have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour for their lives. But mm-hmm. since, yes, I am a uh, pastor and I've got my own mm-hmm. uh, ch- God-given church, I would mm-hmm. give them a card and ask them to come and speak with me so mm-hmm. that I can maybe minister with them and teach mm-hmm. them. And really, mm-hmm. the motto in uh, uh, our church is that uh, it used to be are you rapture ready? But now mm. we're going to get a sign put up over the door as we're going out. We're rapture ready. Because mm. I know that everyone in my little congregation is going to go to heaven. And we're rapture Amen. ready. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah. And, and what, uh, what a glorious hope to have that certainty and to live this life here on earth with grief, with pain, with sorrow, with bereavement, with sickness to live this life here on earth, however long it is or short it is, with that certainty at the back of your, of our minds. Mm-hmm. And I think that is such a powerful thing. Um, so if there's anybody here listening um, and you would really, really, really want to find out a bit more, um, do get in touch. We are, um, we've got a group on Facebook. If not, we're www.cwinuk.org. You can get in touch there. You can um, find us at Pearls of Grace Ministries UK um, or contact any one of us. And we would be able to um, talk you through what you need to do and perhaps point you through in the right direction of a good church around you. If you are part of our group already, there's a great resource on the group of how to find the local Bible-believing church near you um and there's also you know all sorts of podcasts and information on that so um yeah do feel free to get in touch and see how best we can help if you're just sort of wondering and this has just got you thinking as to where you will end up um when you die Uh, but for us believers we believe that it's where we go when the lord calls us home we are going home hallelujah um and 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 that's that's our sentiment so um, but thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Um, we are just going to um, close out in prayer and um, wish you all a good night. So let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your love that we enjoy every day. Thank you for your mercies that we enjoy, those we know and those we don't even know. Thank you for um, your favour upon our lives. We also want to thank you for the life of Queen Elizabeth, Lord. Um, thank you for the example that she's been to so many. Thank you for the lives she's touched. Thank you for the lessons that have been learned through her and through her reign um, globally and nationally. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would be with her family and loved ones at this time. Please comfort them um, and, and perhaps show them something of your love that those that are, do not yet know you 
through this um, process and through the grief and through the expression of, of what she called her own walk with you, that they may come to know you for themselves. Lord, show yourself to this family in this time of mourning and grieving, Lord, that they will know you as um, the great comforter that you are. Um, and for the rest of the nation, Lord, as, <clears throat> as we mourn um, her passing, um, help each and every single person, Lord, to reflect on their own lives, on their own mortality, and also perhaps on the question of life after death and where they want to spend eternity. Um, Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would use this as a great tool of evangelism um, to reach um, a lot of people and, and call a lot of people to yourself, Lord, as they seek answers to these pertinent life questions. Thank you for the ability and opportunity to um, meet again today. We ask, Lord, that you'd please bless everyone that has been listening or will be listening um, until next Thursday when we meet again. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 That was lovely. Amen. I will Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.